The New York Giants snap a four-game losing streak with a big win over the Washington Commanders. We have some thoughts about how the game unfolded on today's edition of the Locked on Giants podcast coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sports, official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Chana here, P-Train, and finally, a win to talk about. It's been such a long time. Over a month, actually, um, the Giants snapping a four-game losing streak by defeating the Washington Commanders 14-7. to It was a little closer than it needed to be, but, you know, a win is a win, and we'll take it. And on today's program, we will be talking about some of the good and some of the bad. You know, there were some, some bad things, some things that are still concerning. So we'll talk about that to begin with. Then we'll talk about Brian Dable and... Did he really go there? Did he really crack open the door for a potential quarterback controversy debate? Afraid he did, folks. And I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, That'll be coming up in segment two. And then in segment three, the trade deadline is fast approaching. So did this win against the the, uh, Washington Commanders change, perhaps, anything the Giants might be looking to do? So we'll talk about that later on in the program. So that is our agenda as always, thank you so much for making us your first listener today. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And we, of course, are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Just like, subscribe, and smash that little bell so that you always get notices whenever we have an updated podcast here. All right, let's get into it. Giants 14 to 7. What did I like? Folks, the future is bright for this team in two areas. And these two areas were actually on display for the Giants in this game. One on offense, one on defense. I'm going to start with the defensive side of the ball. Adoree Jackson, as you guys probably know by now, was inactive because he's dealing with a neck injury. That put Trey Hawkins, who started the year off and, you know, struggled a little bit. So they benched him for a bit to kind of collect his thoughts. So you had Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks as your outside cornerbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, I love the job these two kids did. All right. You talk about sticky coverage. I mean, they were all over Washington's receivers, so much so that scary Terry, Terry Lauren, Washington's number one receiver, had one target in the first half of the game, didn't catch it. And I think he didn't catch his first target until well into the third quarter, you know, so a lot of, you know, his final numbers more or less, you know, came as the game wore wore on in the second half, but McLaurin was not a factor, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So I really liked the coverage and the job done by those two young cornerbacks. I thought that was very, very positive uh, for the team. Um, like I said, the future looks bright for those two. 
and you've got them both on the same, you know, timeline. So, you know, you figure after this year, the Giants will move on from, from Adoree Jackson if they don't trade him beforehand. And, um, yeah, the future looks bright for the Giants' two young cornerbacks. Now, on the other side of the ball, let's talk about the young receivers, Jalen Hyatt and Wandale Robinson. The Giants had something like seven big plays of 20 or more yards between running and passing, right? So a big play is technically 20-plus yards for a pass, 10-plus yards for a run. Three of the big plays that the Giants had in this game were from Hyatt and Robinson. Hyatt had two, Robinson had one, all right? So, you know, you look at these young receivers, very promising. You know, again, the future is very bright for these two. And, you know, I talked to um, Hyatt after the game, really nice kid. And I said to him, Jalen, you're coming along so beautifully. I said, what haven't we seen from you as far as your game goes? And very modestly, he said, I haven't shown that I'm a complete receiver. And I said, well, what do you mean? I said, you can get deep. I said, I said, you've got speed. What haven't you shown? He says, I want to be more than just, you know, be known as more than just a deep threat. He says, I want to be, you know, an underneath guy. I want to be a yards after the catch guy. He says, there's so much more that I could do. He says, I want to work on my blocking. So he's coming along, you know, and I attribute the slow start that he had, the fact that he wasn't getting a lot of reps. I think that was more or less him growing into the role that he has, all right? So he was receiving extra coaching and he was growing into that role. And so far, he's coming along beautifully, all right? So you look at him, you look at Wandale Robinson, who's your yards after the catch specialist. The Giants are potentially set at receiver for the future. So a lot to like there as well as this youth movement continues to, you know, infiltrate the Giants in a good way. What else did I like in this win? The run defense um, only allowed 76 yards on 19 carries, one touchdown. Um, You know, that's been a problem for the Giants. It looks like the run defense has kind of settled down a little bit. The pass rush, six sacks by the Giants in this game against the Washington team who coming in, had given up the most sacks against its quarterback. The Giants, of the six sacks they had, excuse me, three of them came on third and long. And in the first half alone, when the Giants recorded um, five sacks, they doubled their 2023 total, which is pretty wild considering. So the pass rush, definitely something to like about. A couple of other things I really liked from the Giants, from what I saw, they held Washington to one of 15 on third down. You know, that was that's that's a big win, situational football. And to that end, Washington was held to one of three on goal to go. So, you know, we talk about situational football. We talk about stopping guys. The defense came to play. And, oh, you know, let me mention a few guys, you know, individual efforts. Thibodeau, four total tackles, one and a half sacks, one tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. Not bad. 
Bobby Okereke, 11 tackles, led the team. Dexter Lawrence, six total tackles, two sacks, one tackle for a loss, four quarterback hits. Sexy Dexy came to play, folks. And, oh, by the way, Leonard Williams got a sack in what I think was his best game to date, you know, this season. So those guys really stepped up to the plate. In addition, you know, Banks, I mentioned him. I mentioned um, Trey Hawkins. So the guys came to play. And there was certainly, you know, a lot to like here. Now, what didn't I like from the game? There were a few things besides the fact that the Giants probably should have scored more than 14 points. But there were 13 drives in this game, not counting the last one. And of those 13 uh, drives, six, the Giants offense went three and out. You ain't going to be a powerhouse offense if you're going to go three and out on the majority of your drives. Um, The Giants really only had three solid drives, and one of them ended in the Saquon Barkley fumble. You know, inside the, I think it was inside the red zone uh, where he fumbled. So that wasn't good. Special teams. You know, special teams the last few weeks had kind of quieted down, settled down. And you thought, okay, maybe they've gotten over the hump. Not quite. I mean, I long for the days of a Dwayne Harris. All right. Which, you know, for those of you who don't remember who Dwayne Harris was, he was a Pro Bowl punt returner for this team. And Dwayne Harris, you know, when he was back there, you knew he was going to make the right decision with the ball. The Giants have tried Eric Gray, and he ended up muffing another punt, which fortunately Nick McLeod recovered. And uh, unfortunately, Gray got hurt on the play. I think he he had a calf injury. But he continues to struggle with punt returns. Now, when Gray went down, they put Sterling Shepard in there. Shepard, who, you know, hasn't really done it that much. He muffed the pump. And that punt was recovered by the commanders, who then went in to score their touchdown. So after that happened, Darius Slayton went and, and finished as the punt returner. And I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm talking with Ed Valentine, who I've had on the show before. And we're both saying, why don't they just put Darnay Holmes back there? He's done punt returns at least, you know. And, and you know, meanwhile, we're watching Jamison Crowder, who could have been the guy had the Giants not decided to move on from him. And he's having success returning punts for, com- for the commanders. And we're just sitting here saying, my gosh, the Giants are at such a disadvantage because they don't have a legitimate punt returner. So didn't like that. Graham Gano missed a field goal. Now, to be fair to Graham Gano, um, he was on the injury report this week with the knee issue. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But uncharacteristically, Mr. Reliable hasn't always been Mr. Reliable. I think he's missed now four field goal attempts this year. If I'm not mistaken, he only missed three last year. So that's a little bit of a concern. So that being said, that brings us to our next topic, which is did Brian Deeble actually go there and open the door a little bit for quarterback controversy? We'll talk about that right after this.
Hey, Giant fans, our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with Lock On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And this week, Vinny is recommending Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson will come off a bye and build on his momentum with an improved Zach Wilson to have a big game against the Giants in Week 8. Start spreading the news in this New York, New York battle. The Giants' defensive secondary can't cover him well, and it's already given up big plays to Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, and Stephon Diggs. Garrett Wilson is a great talent, and the Jets are now back to using him as a dominant number one. Look for him to keep coming through with his best all-around game yet in fantasy in 2023. And Giant fans, while well, Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football helps you to win your fantasy championship know that ebay's motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay's guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment two of the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trainer. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Did Brian Dable open the door? For quarterback controversy. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe just a little. And let me tell you what I mean. For a second week in a row, Tyrod Taylor managed the offense well. He moved the offense well, didn't look rattled, you know, made smart decisions for the most part, didn't put up, you know, big numbers score wise, but he got them a win after almost getting them a win last week. So you just knew that someone was going to ask the question, did Tyrod Taylor put himself into the discussion for quarterback moving forward, regardless if Daniel Jones is healthy? Now, all Dable had to do is say, Daniel is our starting quarterback when he's ready to return. That would have been the end of it, right? That's what he did it last week when he was asked, you know, do you anticipate there being a, you know, a, a not a controversy, but do you anticipate there being, you know, a um, a decision to be made there? And he basically said no. What did he say this week? All right, I'm going to read you the quote. What he said this week, he said, and I quote, "I would just say Tyrod had a good game this game, and he's a true pro, and I'm glad we've got him." All right, that was in response to a question. Did Tyrod put himself into consideration for the starting job, regardless of what Daniel Jones' status is? Now, again, folks, all Dable had to do was say, nope, when Daniel comes back, when he is healthy, he's our starter. He didn't do that. So now you let the speculation run wild. All right. Now, for what it's worth, I think Daniel will be the starter when he is cleared to return to the to action. When that will be, that I don't know. All right, he's got to be cleared for contact before he can come back. What I do see, though, 
in the two quarterbacks and the differences between their play. Tyrod is calmer, like I said, doesn't get as rattled as much. Now that could be because the offensive line has calmed down a little bit these last two games. Justin Pugh had a lot to do with that, by the way. Um, that could be because Tyrod, you know, didn't go through the the, the uh, shell shocking that Daniel went through earlier in the year. It could be because the coaches call things differently when Tyrod is in there, as opposed to when Daniel is in there. Could be any number of things. But right now, I think if you were to compare the two quarterbacks, you could make a case that Daniel is shell-shocked and Tyrod's not there yet. So ergo, um, Tyrod is able to function a little bit better. I mean, he made a bunch of smart decisions, got the ball out of his hand quickly, and again, never looked rattled. You know, he when he had to run, he took off and he, and he ran. He knew when to give himself up. So you just look at the two of them and you, and you say, you know, Tyrod now based on two games – has looked better than Daniel. But again, to be fair to Daniel, his offensive line has been garbage. All right? Different combinations, and they just haven't worked. Tyrod, these last two games, has had Saquon Barkley in the lineup, whereas Daniel only had Saquon in the lineup for, for what, two games to start the season? Saquon makes a difference. Tyrod has also had the young receivers kind of step up, whereas Daniel really didn't have, you know, that luxury earlier in the year. You know, you, you didn't really see a lot of passes going to Jalen Hyatt or to Wandale Robinson. So to say that there's a controversy right now, I think you're not, you know, you can't compare apples to apples. But that being said, all Dable had to do was say, Daniel's our starter, period, end of story. And he didn't. You know, he threw a bouquet to Tyrod Taylor, which was well-deserved, by the way, and basically ducked the question. So watch that now catch fire this week as people say, you know, what's the story? Now, Tyrod, to his benefit, or to his credit, I should say, basically shot down any rumors or any speculation. He said, look, whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do it. They want me to support Daniel, I'll support Daniel. They want me to start, I'll start. Tyrod being the good soldier. So don't go looking for Tyrod to campaign for, you know, the starting job, because that's just not what he's going to do. So that all being said, there could be a controversy brewing. Um, if Dable is as intelligent as I believe he is, he'll shut that down when he talks to the media on, on Monday morning and say, you know, look, Daniel's our guy. You know, we're, we're glad to have him. We're glad to have Tyrod. We're glad to have Tommy DeVito. You know, we're glad to have everybody, you know, <laughs> Um that's what he needs to do, because if he doesn't, the story is going to grow wings. And uh, gosh, the last thing you need is any kind of distraction in that locker room. You know, they're coming off of a win. Everybody's feeling pretty good, you know, 
to have, you know, to not close the door on, on a potential, you know, quarterback controversy, I think it's a mistake. So hopefully Brian Dable, when he sleeps on it tonight, if the question comes up again, and I'm sure it will on Monday's conference, that he shuts it down before, you know, God forbid it, it, it sprouts wings. All right, coming up next, the trade deadline is less than uh, 10 days away, October 31st. What are the Giants going to do? How does this win against Washington change their plans? We'll talk about that right after this. Hey, Giant fans, snap into NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. Their app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. And there's so much to bet on this time of year. There's the baseball playoffs, hockey's starting up soon, the NBA is starting up soon, and of course, NFL action every week from now until the end of the year and beyond. So visit FanDuel.com slash lock on and get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, the Locked on Giants Insiders Club is where you get exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, such as private Q&A videos, obscure stats, and so much more. Plus, members can keep the conversation going with me one-on-one via text. Already dozens of Giant fans have become part of this exclusive community, and I'd like to invite you to try it out as well. For more information or to register for your free, no-obligation 14-day trial, visit joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. Again, that URL is joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. You just got me this week, Patricia Trena. And I'm talking about the Giants' win over the Washington Commanders, 14-7. to So hopefully you're enjoying the show. In this segment, so now that the Giants have won, what does this mean for them as the trade deadline approaches? Are the Giants going to get rid of guys? Are they going to be sellers, buyers? What exactly are they going to do? Right now, folks, what I can tell you is I don't believe the Giants are necessarily planning to go aggressively into buying contracts or acquiring contracts. I also don't think they're going to really, you know, make a big splash as far as trading away guys. Now, one guy I know a lot of people like to ask about is Saquon Barkley and if he's going anywhere. I don't think he is, folks. And, you know, we asked that of Saquon tonight And Saquon basically said that Dable and Shane had a conversation with him and said, you know, you got, you're not going anywhere. We're not planning to trade you. And then Saquon kind of joked. He says, well, had we lost this game, my butt would have been out of here, which may or may not have been the case. But anyway, Saquon's a core member of this team. And yes, he's not under contract for next year. And yes, they're going to have to go through the song and dance that they went through the, um, this year, if they want to retain him, but who knows, maybe the fact that the Giants had, you know, some leverage in terms of they can use the franchise tag again. And Saquon, of course, you know, with the injury again uh, to the lower body, maybe loses some leverage. 
maybe the two sides, you know, get together and, and, and next year is not an issue, but that's down the line. That's certainly down the line. So what about the rest of the team? Is there anybody that maybe the Giants will look to move? Well, some people have thoughts Adoree Jackson, especially considering how well the youngsters have played at cornerback, Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks. With Jackson, I would say, depending on his next situation, you know, he missed this week's game with a neck. And unless, you know, that thing is not a long-term deal, which a neck can be, um, I don't think Adoree's going anywhere. I think the guy that makes the most sense to move if they can find a buyer for his contract would be Leonard Williams. You know, at this point, you know, if you're going with the youth movement and which it seems like the Giants are doing as part of this stage in the rebuild, why not get DJ Davidson and Jordan Riley more reps for, for Leonard Williams at that spot? And see what you got with those two guys. You know, Jordan Riley was inactive this, uh, today for, for this week's game. He's been inactive before, as has DJ Davidson, who, by the way, when he is active, doesn't get a whole lot of snaps. So maybe if you're Joe Shane, if you could find a buyer for Leonard Williams um, and for, for the buyer to acquire Leonard Williams, um, they would be looking at having to spend about 9.5 million of their salary cap space. So you would need a team that has space to do it. Um, why wouldn't you look to, to, to try and move that contract? You're not resigning Leonard Williams next year because he just, you know, he, his performance has kind of started to decline a little bit, even though today was his best game, you know, this season. But, you know, if you can get something like think back to, you know, a few years ago, when the Giants traded Damon Harrison, I believe they traded him uh, to Detroit and they got a fifth round pick. If you can move Leonard Williams and get a fifth rounder, why wouldn't you do it? Plus you're opening up salary cap space. Now I've talked about this before on the show. It's not like the Giants have to sign, you know, a gazillion guys, you know, for salary cap purposes. But that being said, you know, it would be nice to have some space. So if you want to try and up your ante for, for Saquon, for example, or, you know, if there's a free agent offensive lineman you want to add or a free agent at another position that you want to add, now you've got even more room to work with. Because, look, if the Giants finish in the top 10 in the draft order, they're going to need to put aside a big chunk of that, that cap space to pay for their rookie class. So... There's going to be fat trimmed off of the Giants' salary cap. You know, Mark Lewinsky won't be here, obviously. But there's also going to be a lot of dead money hitting the cap. And I'm not talking, you know, a few bucks. I'm talking several million that's going to eat into their cap space. So down the line, I'll do a whole show about that. You know, right now it's too early to talk about that. But as it stands related to the trade deadline, if you're the Giants, you're not miss again. You're not looking to you know everything must go. You know like Crazy Eddie, the old Crazy Eddie commercials where everything must go because prices are insane. No, you're not looking to do that. But if you can maybe unload where you have an abundance, you know another position where they have an abundance of talent, 
that they're really not using is that receiver. So maybe see if a team could use a Paris Campbell, right? You know, Paris Campbell was brought on, you figured, you know, because um, Wandale at the time was was uh, on PUP rehabbing from, from a torn ACL. Now that Wandale is healthy, you move on. You know, Paris Campbell's a good player, but he's kind of collecting dust on this roster. So why not look to move on from him? Makes too much sense, I think. So that's how I think the Giants will look to approach the um, the, tra- the trade deadline. Maybe look to move places, guys where they have young and upcoming talent that they want to get on the field. Now, the win against Washington basically saved the Giants' season or basically gave them a reprieve. So, you know, there's got to be a balance, obviously, of, okay, do we want to divest ourselves of, of, you know, our senior talent, our veteran talent, and roll with the young kids who are likely to make mistakes and who whose mistakes could end up costing us. That's a decision they have to make. But I think one that they need to make and should make because this team as currently constructed is not a playoff team. And I know, you know, some of you are going to get mad at me for saying that, but they have shown they are not ready for the bright lights. They cannot hold up against the better competition, the teams that they would face in the playoffs. So just continue the rebuild, continue to develop, you know, your young talent, and then see what you've got. Oh, and by the way, also make some tweaks on your coaching staff, which I believe are coming, by the way. Again, that's a topic we'll talk about down the line. Too early to talk about that. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Hope you enjoyed the program. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, making us your first listener of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Be sure to keep it here all week long. I'll have all new episodes of Locked on Giants this week coming up. It's the Battle of New York, the Jets versus the Giants. So uh, Thursday will be our crossover show, and then we'll just keep on rolling with all the content you need about your New York Giants. So thank you again for tuning in. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host, and I will see you tomorrow.